0: Gratitude with Attitude with Simon Gamewell Brought to you by TAC The social thanking platform Hello and welcome This is Gratitude with Attitude Coming up today, I'm going to be talking about gratitude and motivation. We've got some of your lovely dedications, and we've got something a little bit different. I usually interview someone in the second half of the show, but recently I sat down with my good friend and colleague, Richard Stanton, to talk about my own journey and uh, the impact of the power of gratitude on my life. And of course, we've got some great music. And remember... If you want to express gratitude or thank someone, visit thankandpraise.co.uk and download our app. Let's get started then. Here's the cure with close to me. How's your morning routine? Do you leap out of bed with enthusiasm, ready to take on the day? Are you motivated to take on the challenges that lay ahead? There used to be a conception that gratitude leads to laziness and selfishness. Some people have said that gratitude leads to feelings of self-satisfaction and acceptance of the status quo, and it is a form of complacency. Over the last few years, though, we've begun to realise that gratitude is not just an action of politeness, a passive emotion. It is a powerful, positive, energising power that leads us towards achieving our objectives and becoming happier, more socially engaged beings. Living gratefully or practising deep gratitude actually triggers self-improvement. When we are grateful, we tend to look after ourselves better. When we are seeking acts of kindness in others, we are also motivated to make positive changes to ourselves and how we live our lives. Recent studies have shown that when people feel gratitude, they have more energy and are more motivated as they strive to uh, reach their goals even harder. A study led by Nathaniel Lambert, show that the power of gratitude enables people to think that positive results are deserved and goals are more achievable. The power of gratitude not only leads to better physical health, but these people are more likely to get involved in projects in the community. Gratitude motivates people. It encourages people to take part in healthier activities that will positively contribute to their personal success. Gratitude is the gift that keeps on giving. People who are induced to feel gratitude by being helped by another uh, later on they're more likely to try harder to help their benefactors. It's very common for grateful people to pay forward gratitude by helping others. Gratitude motivates us to take more positive action. But How and why is the power of gratitude such a motivating force? Gratitude motivates us in four key areas. Connectedness, elevation, humility, and indebtedness. Gratitude gives us a space to reflect on our relationships with others. This reflection deepens our relationships and motivates our own self-improvement. When we practice gratitude, we are elevated. It fires up the pro-social neural networks in our brain. It gives us an uplifting feeling, and this feeling makes us more productive and better team players. Gratitude allows us to see situations more objectively, and stops us thinking about ourselves. It makes us realize that our personal success is due to some extent, to the kindness and support of others. It makes us more empathetic and less likely to blame others. Not all thoughts connected with gratitude are positive, though. Gratitude may be awkward or uncomfortable. When we think of how much we depend on the help of others and how we need to show our appreciation for their kindness, we feel both elevated and indebted simultaneously. We can use these feelings as motivation. It lights the fire inside us to reciprocate the kindness that we've been shown and thus rid ourselves of the psychological debts that we carry. These feelings of connectedness, elevation, humility and indebtedness, resulting from gratitude, can then motivate us to put forth more efforts towards school, work, our communities, our relationships, and perhaps even prompting us to strive for goals that we otherwise would not have thought possible. Gratitude inspires us to be more productive members of society and better citizens of the world. Okay, music time. Here's the hoodoo gurus. What's my scene? Okay, let's have some messages from taps thanking walls. And remember, if you want to express gratitude and say thank you, visit thankandpraise.co.uk and download our app. Okay, so the first message is from Hannah and Firaz, and this message is to Miss Harris and Miss Patel at Linden Primary School in Leicester. It says we would like to give a very big thank you to miss harris and miss patel for the incredible job they do every day looking after and teaching our children miss harris and mrs patel are absolutely amazing one in a million teachers if our kids are not well or not feeling it that day they give that extra encouragement and attention to our children they give the love hugs motivation to them. And seeing this makes us so happy. It gives us peace of mind knowing that our children are in great hands. They are exactly how teachers should be. Caring, loving, affectionate, patient. They go the extra mile and they show the children ever so much love and care. You can see the love they have for their students. They're exactly how teachers should be. Amazing! Any worries or concerns you have as a parent, they will really put your mind at ease. As a parent, you're always worried about your children. And when you have amazing teachers like Miss Harris and Mrs Patel, it honestly helps to make your mind be at peace, knowing that your kids are happy whilst in school. It's worrying as a parent leaving your kids without you, worrying how they will be, worrying how how they are all day. So when you see their teachers are are amazing, uh, you see that your children are happy. It's the biggest peace of mind. Honestly, if anyone deserves an award, it's these two. We absolutely love them. You are both one in a million. You do an amazing job every single day. And we just want to say thank you ever so much, and that you are incredible. You've given us a great start to Lyndon. Thank you ever so much to you both. We love you. And Vicki uh, Devonport says to the receptionist with blonde hair at the Richmond Hill practice in Cole, in Lancashire, says, uh, Thanks for responding to my health issue on Tuesday and referring me to a clinician. Whilst waiting, I watch you deal with many other patients and your professional manner and calm approach is to be recognised. Well done. Excellent customer service. And here's one to Whisper's Complex Team at Whisper's Care Solutions. And it's from the uh, clinical um, psychologist. It says... uh, I must say, it was an absolute pleasure to work with such a caring and knowledgeable team at Whispers. I feel this client has hit the jackpot at uh, having your support. Sadly, I frequently hear about service users and family carers struggling to find high-quality care. And it's so great to know that there are some excellent teams out there. Coming up, I'll be talking to Richard Stanton about my journey and the power of gratitude. First of all, here's the pretenders. I'll stand by you.
1: Oh, why you look so sad The tears are in your eyes Come on and come to me shame to cry Let me see you through Cause I've seen the dark side too When the night falls
0: joining me now is my good friend and colleague Richard Stanton so hi Richard. Simon how are you doing? I'm
2: fine it's uh, uh, great to be on, on the receiving end of an interview for a change. <laughs> yes um, so we met at university we became very good friends um, and then we sort of went our separate ways a little bit into adult life Um, so what did you end up doing after university? Uh, yeah yeah university university feels a long long time ago and
0: i think it was about the same time that uh, charles dickens wrote great expectations wasn't it it's <laughs> yeah, something like that <laughs> something like that so, so after, after university i i, I um, moved from london down to uh, brighton where, where i uh trying my best at uh, being an actor singer rock band and a stand-up comedian which, which is a uh, very difficult and very few people actually (laughs) end up being successful at any of those things. (laughs) So (laughs) so, uh, at the end of the uh, 90s, I I did a course to become a uh, a TESOL teacher, uh, a teacher of English to speakers of of the languages. Uh, Because I always wanted to travel the world and I thought that that would give me the uh, perfect opportunity to not just travel the world, but actually go go and live in some of these places. Uh, And my theory was always... um, uh, if you go and live somewhere where other people can only go on holiday, it's like you're on holiday all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I That's became, true. Yeah, I became a, a teacher and in 2000, and when I did this really quickly because there were a lot of places, I moved to Thailand and lived in Bangkok. Then I moved to Italy and lived in Milan and then to Sicily. Then I moved to Vietnam where I spent 10 years. Then I moved to Cambodia, where I spent five years. Then I moved to China. And being a teacher, uh, you really get to uh, see uh, one side of gratitude, Uh, especially teaching in Asia, because being grateful is part of Asian culture. In fact, even if, if I was teaching business English, class full of adults, I'd walk in, the whole class would stand up and, and say, Good morning, teacher. And at the end of each class, they'd all stand up and say, Thank you, teacher. Uh, and they, they, they'd gone the way. So you really got to see uh, c- certainly um, condition in institutional gratitude, but also personal gratitude. Where, when you'd really help one particular student, they, they'd often come up and say, uh, "Oh." <clears throat> Thank you. You've really helped me get to university and stuff. In fact, look, there's one student that I'm still uh, in touch with, who, who was a private student of mine. Who uh, he actually went to university in Brighton, funny enough. <laughs> I taught oh, him, wow. then he went to university in Brighton, uh, and now he lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> so that, oh, that's lovely. That was really good. But then after I left Cambodia, uh, I moved to China, and that's kind of where everything uh, everything changed. <laughs>
2: Right. So, so what happened? I assume then, from what you're saying, that you ended up in the wheelchair when you were in China. So, what was the story there? Well, the story there was I, I had a one-year contract, and I had worked about
0: uh, nine months of the contract. I, I lived in an apartment block in uh, Guangzhou, which is in the southeast of China. In fact, it, it it's the nearest city to Hong Kong from uh, main, in in mainland China. So, so, right. so, so, living living there, I got up one morning to um, go to work, put my shirt and tie on, and I went out onto my balcony. And I, I was li- I was living in a, a big apartment block. I, I was uh, staying on the si- sixth floor. Went on my balcony uh, and uh, didn't realize at the time I was epileptic. I, I had an epileptic seizure and fell from a six-story balcony onto a highway mm-hmm. via a tree. <laughs>
2: Oh, sounds like it was a good thing the tree was there.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of nature now,
2: even more so than I was before. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, so presumably they took you to the hospital in China. So what happened there? Uh, well, I'm presuming
0: somebody somebody took you to hospital because I, I was in a, a induced coma for eight weeks. Uh, wow. Now, so, so when I woke up, I was very very surprised. Firstly that that. I was uh, alive, <laughs> so, so, exactly that. Because I, I remember my feet uh, leaving the balcony, but that's the next, that's the last thing I remember and, uh, until two months later, when well, I woke up in a Chinese hospital. Uh, okay. And, and yeah, and I, I woke up and uh, I was tied to the bed with my my arms tied above my head and my legs uh, and my feet uh, bound to, to the uh, bed frame as well. Uh... People paid good money for that? Uh... uh yeah, yeah. We <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> and... and uh, I, I found out that that was because I kept waking up and every time I woke up, my... immediate reaction was just to get out of bed. Uh, and each time <laughs> I tried to get out of bed, I just ended up in the... in the heap on the floor, basically. Oh, man. And... And... Uh, yeah. Wasn't the worst hospital in the world, but it certainly wasn't the best. There were uh, rats on the floor um, uh, cockroaches all over the walls and stuff. So it wasn't very nice. And uh, what complicated things even further was that the uh, that there was no one in the hospital who spoke English. So the only way the uh, doctors and nurses could uh, communicate with me was via Google Translate, which. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it, it's a very, very good tool. But at the same time, uh, when, when you trying to give a medical uh, uh, prognosis or whatever, it's not always particularly accurate.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not sure I'd want to put the future of whether or not I'm going to walk into the hands of Google Translate, as <laughs> miraculous as it may be. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you in hospital. In you were in hospital in China, and now you're in England. So, how did you get back to England? Uh, well, it, it's uh,
0: uh, one of the wonders of uh, modern technology and Facebook. But basically, uh, 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 and I can't remember how, how it actually happened. But my, my my friends in Vietnam found out that there's something wrong, and they they hadn't seen on you know, Facebook for a while, and it, just through pure chance one of my friends was actually visiting Guangzhou and he'd he'd come to uh, say hello uh, wasn't at home and he'd found out which hospital I was in and he came to visit me in hospital so so my my friends in Vietnam and and, uh, members of my family got them got the money together to fly me back to England because I I was officially uh, discharged from the hospital Uh, I was in the Chinese hospital for about four months I I was officially discharged uh, and they took me to, to the airport to put me on the plane. But the airline wouldn't let, let me on the plane because c- I, I, I wasn't capable of looking after myself. So, so I had to go back to the hospital. And six weeks later, uh, my parents and my friends got enough money to get there to fly a paramedic from, from the UK over to China. Uh, and he uh, uh, Aaron from the St. John's Ambulance Brigade flew back with me. Uh, where, where, incredible story. Yeah. When I got back I I, I was rushed from Heathrow uh, airport in, in an ambulance from Heathrow up to Pinderfield's hospital in Wakefield where well uh, you can s saw me then. I I was there for, for about um for about a year altogether.
2: <laughs> right. Okay, and so they sort of patched you up and and released you. So how how did it make you feel when you got back to England and you were in the British hospital—you've got, you're able to communicate with the nurses and the doctors. You can see your family and your friends.
0: Yeah, that that, that, that was a really big relief. I'd still say to this day that four months in a Chinese hospital where nobody spoke the same language was probably the worst four months of, of my life. Uh, it, really bad. So, so get getting into a, um, a, a and Pinderfields is the kind of the um, regional spinal injury injuries uh, unit uh, for, for the north of England. The the, the only one that, that's more prestigious is, is uh, Stoke-Mandville, which is obviously where the, uh, the um, uh, Par- Paralympic Games and all, all that was first started. Uh, it's so good. it's really not just good being in a hospital where people spoke English, but being in a hospital with, with people who also had spinal cord injuries and uh, ex-patients who also had spinal cord injuries, who, who could talk you through the steps uh, t- towards a potential recovery and and, and talk about issues that, that maybe, uh, for, for example, I know, I uh, and it it was only after we atten- attended the talk that I realised it was just part of having a spinal cord injury uh, was, was having... In- toilet issues basically
2: (laughs) yeah yeah and it's funny really i because as you know i had cancer a few, uh, few years ago and i found it really helpful so i turn up for radiotherapy at the same time each day and so you start to see the same faces and so you get chatting and so you get different people's viewpoints and you know if you've got a disease like that people sort of oh it's a death sentence and you know you'll never be the same again and all this sort of thing but actually, you meet people and you realize that's not true necessarily, as a lot of people, me included, that make an completely full recovery from cancer. The only thing that you'd know that I had it is I've got a very small scar behind my ear and a small bald patch on the back of my head. So what was it like when you were finally discharged? Did you feel gratitude or relief or something else or just like a mix of emotions? It must have been incredible.
0: Relief was the first thing, uh, in, in fact, being the spinal cord injuries uh, uh, department, when I was giving, I actually referred to it as a release date rather than a discharge date. <laughs> when I got my marching order, so to speak, I, I, I was like, It's the Spinal Countdown! Oh, 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 mate. <laughs> and all that, all that kind of thing. So I was really relieved. Uh, I, I, and. I, I, I found a, a, a council flat in South Leeds, very close to where my parents live and very close to where my brother live. So, so it's, it's been great to, to, to actually be, be actually living In fact, I, I've actually lived in my flat longer than anywhere else
2: I've ever lived, apart from my uh, parents' first house. <laughs> right. Um, just for Australian listeners, a council flat is the same as a housing commission place. All right. Uh, Thank
0: you for the uh, translation
2: Uh, Good good, job. No, I, 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 I think I have conversational Australian as well as fluent English.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So there were a a lot of relief and a lot of uh, gratitude from the opposite side. Instead of people being grateful to me, it was an opportunity for me to be grateful to other people. And I was so grateful. But one of the things that I realized though, uh, just like when you check out the hotel uh, uh, and it was, we often used to refer to Pinterfields as, is it a hospital or is it a hotel? We're not sure, <laughs> <Don't> we? <laughs> <laughs> but when you check, check out the hotel, you don't always remember to tip all the people you should or say thank you to the staff, you just in, in such a hurry to get on to the next part. And uh, I remember, getting back from the hospital and it was only like a month later I had so much going on in my life, uh, moving into a new place, reintegrating into York, into uh, English society, learning how to speak Yorkshire again. Cause, funny story, my, my father's really uh, hard of hearing and uh, I hadn't uh, needed to, to uh, listen to someone speaking in a broad Yorkshire accent for uh, years and years and years. So uh, I, I my father would say something to me in Yorkshire and I'd be like, "Uh, pardon, pardon then I'd say something to him in normal English and be like, you are you are (laughs) and this would come about half an hour before me and my
2: father could actually understand each other again (laughs) (laughs) amazing Um, okay so you leave the hospital um, and then what you sort of go home, what happens next uh, well, uh, ne- next,
0: uh, I-, I-, I did a little bit of uh, online teaching. I-, I designed a couple of courses for the schools, but for me, it just wasn't the same as being in in the uh, classroom. And obviously, coming from a kind of drama and uh, theatre background, uh, being a being an actor was, was what I really and being a teacher is kind of the next best thing. You've got you've got an audience every day. You've got some sort of a script to follow. Uh, I can have a laugh and a joke waiting with the students in the classroom and stuff. So so I I was really looking for something to uh, grab my
2: attention. Uh, uh, And I suppose if they don't laugh at your jokes then you can suspend them for a week. uh, Yeah, yeah. and
0: Dispel them from the classroom and tell them don't darken my doors again and that sort of thing. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, it's August uh, 2020 I I was... um, Laying on my bed. And this is the power of radio, ladies and gentlemen. I, I always listen to Radio 2 in the UK. We, we've got, like, uh, the BBC and there's five or six national radio stations that go out all, all over the country. Uh, and I, I was uh, laying there listening to the um, Zoe Ball breakfast show and a chat kick came on the
2: radio called... Uh... Just to interrupt, uh, Double J is the closest equivalent in Australia. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, we have double J, J and triple J.
0: So double J and triple J, that that's more national than the ABC, then?
2: Uh, they're run by the ABC. Uh, right. Uh, okay. Don't you? Don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there I was. L- listen to Radio 2, and th- this chap came out on the radio called uh, Matt Findlay Hawkins. And uh, I was like, I know that name. <laughs> and with such an unusual name, I thought. It can only be one Matt Findle Hawkins, can't they? I? I, I, I really do hope there's not two of them. <laughs> so, so, I uh, I got in touch with my old friend from university, uh, and uh, yeah, he was the same guy. Uh, and we had a good good long chat for, for a couple of hours, actually. And, and a few days later, he, he sent me a message and said, Did I fan- fancy trying something a little bit different uh, rather than teaching? Getting involved with spreading gratitude. And because of my experience of uh, both sides of gratitude, I thought that was a fantastic idea. So so yeah. So I, I became part of the uh TAP team and we've been working on that ever ever since really. And and then well, yeah. it's kind of through through me getting back in touch with Matt that, that you got in touch with Matt yourself, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he um he spoke to me and I would uh, started a business just um, just before COVID with spectacular timing as ever. And um, yeah, the business didn't survive COVID. Um, I did, but the business didn't. And uh, yeah, he just happened to get in touch with me as I was winding things up, um, which was spectacular timing. So how do you feel that gratitude has helped with your recovery? Uh, well, well it, it helps you put things into perspective,
0: doesn't it? Uh, working yeah. around gratitude and... and- the um, uh, I haven't got the facts of figures at hand, but figures show that even reading other people's messages of gratitude uh, really m- makes you happy yourself. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, uh, gratitude has re- really helped for that. And and just seeing the uh, uh, joy on someone's face when you express gratitude to them, uh, and the feeling that I get myself when people express gratitude to me—it's a—it uh, it really is the gift that keeps on giving. So you're helping yourself by helping others and they in turn will go on to to help others equally, be be, be kinder and and be more grateful. And and I think uh, spreading that message further and further and further can only make make the
2: world a a more positive place. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then uh, for my last question, what's next? What's next for you, mate? What's next? Well, I'm
0: hoping that... um, if my, my plan for, for the next year is to be able to uh, go out without using a wheelchair uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I've been getting quite far with that and I can now walk from my bed to, to my front door uh, use, using the um, Zimmer frame which is great that's only one step away from walking down the pub isn't it really? Uh, yeah I, I well, A little bit more than one step but yeah, but I'll take your point uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I, I say walking down the pub but I guess that I'd probably still get taxi back
2: <laughs> yes is. for those that don't know uh, Leeds is very hilly uh,
0: yeah it's, it's on the edge of the um, um, Yorkshire Dales and everything <laughs> yeah, there, there, yeah there are a few hills <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right well that's fantastic and look thanks so much for your time Simon um, and good luck with everything and, and keep us up to date maybe we can have another interview uh, this time next year and see what 2025 holds for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah Good good idea, good idea.
0: Okay, let's finish off with some more music then. Here's the Beatles with a little help from my friend.
1: What
3: would you think if I sang out at tune Would you stand up and walk out on me?